And marker. Nice. Okay, we're in. We are in. <laughs> and uh, just to answer your question before we started, Joey, uh, you asked me how my Thanksgiving was. And it was great. Although that question is, is way more loaded this year than oh. it, and it was in the past. Like, I, I feel like I can't ask someone how their Thanksgiving went without it seeming like some sort of COVID-19 audit to see if mm. they were up to snuff on uh, safety protocols, right? Am I imagining that, or is that how it feels? I don't know. It feels like a polite thing to ask people. It's it like, does. How was your Thanksgiving? It's usually <laughs> such a normal thing to ask, but I feel like people have to be like, it was good. You know, or if they're really if they're really open about it, they can just be like, "Yeah, I, I was super safe. Like that was the number one concern." But I just feel like it's more pressing in this current moment. Well, were you like? I mean, did you see people that you normally wouldn't see on Thanksgiving? I didn't see anybody. Normally, Thanksgiving is a kind of a multi-household experience with my family. But right. this year, my entire trip home for Thanksgiving, I only saw three people total. Really? Yeah. Which, again, isn't that different. Most of my family doesn't live on this side of the country, so it's not that out of the ordinary. But I uh, I spent most of the time with just my immediate family. It, but it was good. To answer your question, it was a great Thanksgiving. You know, tons of food, tons of watching yep. Christmas movies and, you know, celebrating. Uh, <laughs> not Thanksgiving movies? Uh, no. right past well, I mean, we watched football. Although the war on Thanksgiving this year was brutal. You know, have you heard? Have you heard this? Do you hear people talking about the war on Thanksgiving? <laughs> the war on Thanksgiving? No, I have not. Well, the, well, you know, the war on Christmas, right? Uh, yeah. Well, this year, the same the peop from the people who brought you the war on Thanksgiving <laughs> comes the or sorry, the war on Christmas is the, the war on Thanksgiving, where uh, they don't want you to celebrate with your family because. Uh, that's just they, they want to stop it you know that's right right they are against family values right, right exactly getting together with your family is just goes is, against uh, everything yeah. they believe in uh individualists and, globalists yeah yeah they're, sure they're just take another and world yeah they brought it they 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 struck home with uh with true red-blooded americans this year because those people who are you know waging the war on thanksgiving canceled third uh, like the the night game for the nfl oh. on thanksgiving Wait, uh, so there was supposed to be a game and then it just didn't happen? It got postponed to Tuesday because uh, so many of the players have COVID. They just wow. decided. But it, it's, it's, it's actually ridiculous because they, the NFL has been really inconsistent with who, whose games gets postponed and whose don't. Like mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson, the, the reigning MVP in the NFL, he has COVID right now. So they're postponing his game to Tuesday in the hopes that he'll be testing negative by then. But earlier this year, the Niners were missing so many of their players, and they still had to play on Thursday night football. Today, literally today, the Denver Broncos had to play a football game without a quarterback. All, their entire quarterback room were close contacts to a COVID case. So they all had to sit out. So they played a game without the most important position. They got a, they got a practice squad guy who used to play quarterback in college. And, uh, yeah, what a scrub. <laughs> and he was a scrub. It was it was actually such an amazing game to witness because th it was bad. So the the you know just to get back to the war on Thanksgiving, it, it was it's wreaking havoc on the NFL and uh, mm. you know, changed things. It actually what what happened was I was ha like it actually made Thanksgiving better because I'm by far the biggest football fan in my family and 
we they wanted to watch something else at that point and i was like i, I sure go ahead because there's no more football on today only two games instead of my you know the, the three <laughs> that are guaranteed in this constitution <laughs> that's right <laughs> how about thanksgiving you, and football that was what was guaranteed on the fourth thursday of every november <laughs> remember that at article four that's right and uh you know but it, hopefully it'll be back next year but how was your thanksgiving it was great. Um, yeah, it was just with my immediate family. I did uh, make some desserts the day before with Ooh. with Jenny, um, and yeah, that was pretty good. What'd you uh, make? That we made. Um, well, yeah, that whole day was just kind of a mess in general because I was trying to mail this package for my grandfather because he's all alone on Thanksgiving. He was gonna come down um, from Pennsylvania, but then of course cases started to spike, and so he's decided to stay up there. And he's living in this like retirement community, so they're like really, really strict about whether you can leave or not. Um, and I, and that's actually been really good because not many people have died there, so they've been very successful with that. That's good. But I decided I was going to send him something to kind of you know brighten his holiday, and um, I assembled all this stuff and put it in a big old box of that used to hold bounty uh, paper towels because that's the biggest box I could find in my apartment currently. Um, and I, <laughs> I taped it up with like black, um, duct tape. So it was just like really, really bad looking box. And I was literally in the parking lot at, in the FedEx, like the FedEx parking lot, taping this thing up, up in the backseat, like a backseat of my car. And people were walking by like, what is this guy doing? And I had to stand in line with this box with like five other people in front of me. And it's just like, it's just the worst looking box you've ever seen in your life. It's just so shoddily put together. And then, uh, there's only one person working in this FedEx building, right? Of course, because it's like lunchtime or something. And um, somebody in front of me is, as soon as she walks out of the room, is like, oh my God, I can't believe there's only one person working here. Like, this is the holiday season. Like, uh, we have to all wait in line in this close like proximity space, waiting, like awkwardly spaced out because, you know, whatever. And she's, you know, doing the best she can, but still it's taking forever. He finally gets up to the front of the line after waiting for, I, I, I can only assume like 20 minutes, which is how long I was waiting. And she, he has a box that doesn't have tape on it. And she says, oh, it's $2 for tape. And he's like, what? No. It's like, UPS has tape for free. And he storms out with, the, <laughs> with his untaped box. And I'm like looking around like, I don't look so stupid now, do I, with my, my taped up box, <laughs> like with the duct tape I currently had in my apartment. So, uh, yeah, and that was, oh my gosh, that interaction was, oh, it was crazy. Because I walked up there and I was like, okay, I have it already. I have his address written out on my phone. I'm just going to hand it to her and say, this is the address. So we don't have to awkwardly shout through our masks or anything to find out like where this thing is going. And of course, you know, it's a small room too. So, you know, if I'm saying someone's, name out loud or anything it's all being heard by everyone in the room so she asked me first for my return address which i didn't have prepared and so i have to shout that through my mask and <laughs> and there's this whole like interaction where i'm trying to show her the address or whatever and she's typing it in then she has to print it out because her little screen isn't working and so she prints it out the address is wrong so she has to type it in again she's arguing with me about like whether the address is wrong or not she's like she you didn't tell me that he had an apartment i'm like it's 
Listen, I, 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 at this point, sweat is literally dripping down my face. I'm so uncomfortable. And like everyone's like, I feel like everyone's staring at me because they must be because there's nothing else to, to, to look at in this room, right? It's just me with this giant box with black duct tape on it. Uh, that used to say bounty on it. It was ripped up pieces of old Amazon packaging. Standing, arguing with this poor woman about uh, how, you know, this $50 package I'm sending through FedEx because <laughs> I barely, I don't know how the mail works. Like, I'm like filling all the different like stereotypes about millennials. Like, doesn't know he has to have a turn address. Doesn't know how to tape a freaking box. It's, doesn't know how to send something. You know, like it's so true though. That is us. Like we, <laughs> we're just not as used to it as the previous generations. Right. It's not necessary. I guess. Yeah. It's like, how often do you send a package now? I mean, more I guess than I send a letter. But even then, not very often. So eventually, you know, I'm drenched in sweat. I'm just like, oh, get me out of here. I'm so uncomfortable. And, um, and then I leave and then I finally send it off. And then a couple of days later, he got it and he loved it. So it was all worth it. Basically. That's, that is so true. It is, it is all worth it. But yeah, dude, that's the one thing that I always have to clash with in the holiday season is actually shipping things. And uh, yes, most of the time it's easy to order gifts online because you can get like them gift wrapped by the, the, the seller and uh, like, yeah. especially like Amazon, but as you know, I always send out my Christmas cards and having to uh, navigate the post office for that. It's not that hard. It's just not as intuitive as I think previous generations like to pretend it is. It's something that I never basically ever have to deal with. My my mailbox at my apartment is the same thing as a trash bin. Like it, it collects <laughs> trash. The things that yes. go in there, 95% of it goes straight out of my mailbox into the trash can they have in the mailroom. Because oh, they have a trash can in your mailroom? I, I'm thinking about writing my apartment complex and saying, please put a trash can next to the mailboxes so I can put all these ads I get sent every yes. week. Yes, especially in an it. election year where there's oh, all yeah. these things about who to vote for and who not to vote for. And uh, yeah, it, it's my mailbox is an absolute, yeah, it's a garbage can. And, and uh, I occasionally <laughs> receive important documents in there. Uh, <laughs> a garbage can, a, a sh yeah, a shredder that occasionally has things that I need to not shred. Really, really, really important things I need to not shred. Uh, even um, during the pandemic, I got away with weeks of not checking and still yeah. never bit me in the, like, it never mattered. Like, it was never something I regretted. So you remember my, that video I made about unsubscribing from email like lists? Oh, yeah. So, so the next level up to that is unsubscribing from stuff they send you in the physical mail. How and do you do that? It's, it's, it's difficult actually. And I found a whole blog that's dedicated completely to that quest. Like she, the whole thing is, uh, she, uh, the idea behind it, I guess, was she one day, um, one of her grandparents, I think, uh, was f fell ill and could no longer live in the house she was in by herself. And she discovered that she was getting something like 90 to a hundred pieces of mail every single day. And she made it her quest and documented everything about how to stop this from coming in. Um, and she's like gotten it down and everything, but still like, it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. There's just piles and piles of mail everywhere. She saw, saw it as like a health hazard because like, first of all, how can you find anything you actually need? And second of all, like, you know, it's a fire hazard to have all this paper just like spread out across your apartment, you know? Oh, it's yeah. Crazy. Oh, well, one of the issues with living in an apartment is I get all the spam mail that's intended for me 
and the guy who lived here before me and the yes. woman who lived here before him and yes. the, and the, the, the pair of people that lived here before them. So I'm getting all this junk mail. Sometimes Geico is sending four. You know all four of us don't live here, Geico. <laughs> you know? Like, it just addressed they all. Don't know. One of them has got to still be there. They don't know. They don't care. They don't care. You know, it's just another yeah. just another piece of mail to go out. It, it's absolutely, uh, yeah, it's despicable. I, I wish it was easier to do something about it. Or, I mean, I actually don't really care all that much. All it does is make me write off snail mail really as like an actual way of communicating. <laughs> as a useful way to communicate. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I use it once a year, and it's to send my Christmas cards, and that's right. it. And, it, and that is definitely a gimmick like i'm doing it to be like ironic it's like look i'm sending a christmas card not right. because i think it's a real good way to communicate and it's also one way right because you're just sending it you're not actually receiving yes. anything so you don't yes. actually have to deal although, with like although correspondence this, at this point i have made my way onto a few different christmas card lists so i do expect mm. a few in the mail um although last year if it, you know my habits were the same then as they are now i was like january 13th i'm like ah crap i got this christmas card i wish i should let them know i got it because <laughs> that's that's kind of the fun of it a lot of times people will contact me they're like hey i just got your christmas card it's kind of like the uh it starts the conversation or whatever mm, but right. i also send them with the no expectation of response which i guess probably most people do um, yeah yeah and yeah i've got well, if i was if i was going to send out a christmas card i'd make sure i sent it out before i got yours just so I wouldn't be upstaged. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, I'm currently working on it. Last year's was so good. I, I just don't know if I can top that ever. But we're going to try this year. And okay. uh, I'll be getting those out pretty soon. No, I'm not going to. No details. No details good, good. about what's on it. But uh, it's, yeah. every it's time I think happen. about last year's or the every, every year's, really, I just laugh. <laughs> I laugh so hard. They're so fucking, they're so freaking good. I, I miss having real roommates to to pose with but yeah. again as you just if last year's any indication i find a way to be That's not right. the only one in my phone so, <laughs> um yeah I mean, it's yeah a, but it's a christmas tradition at this point it is but back to the um the unsubscribing thing so one of the ways that you can unsubscribe from like political mail is you can actually go on their website and like send them an email saying don't do this anymore but what she recommends is you actually send them an email call them and or and like send a mail back so that in that like apparently is the best way to do it but you might have to do it more than once there Who has are time actually, for that uh, it's it's crazy <laughs> it, it it like the the person who writes this blog and i'm like leaning more and more toward that is just like she's vindictive against it like she's it's not so much she's like annoyed by it as much as she hates it and right. so she's gonna actively act against it there is this website which i don't remember what it's called but you pay two dollars for 10 years two dollars that's like the same cost as tape at the <laughs> shipping place <laughs> that's right that's how much i can send tape to the mail um <laughs> you 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 pay two dollars over like 10 years and you get to do a 10-year subscription to like unsubscribe from a large list of mailers basically mm. and ever since i did that i did that for two addresses and it actually did seem to cut down on the amount of mail i got i also like actually read through one of the credit card agreements that they always send you and there is a option at the bottom saying if you don't want to contact us anymore then send us back like send us back this this message or something with a note saying i don't want to get it and that seemed to work too i get far fewer um credit card offers in the mail now um 
So it's uh, there are definitely methods. You just have to like go out of your way to do it. Well, wouldn't Unlike, that mean that like, you're missing out on great opportunities to save three percent on cash back in certain purchases? <laughs> uh, no, because. <laughs> If I'm going to, like, I, my first thought is, like, when I'm, like, I got a new credit card. My first thought is not, let's check my mail to see if they have any good offers. My first thought is, let me look, do my research online and sign up through their, you know, their online portal or something. Because well, they're definitely going to let you do that. I like how they, um, for the for my local cable, like, t and uh, internet provider, they're always yeah. saying, like, here's an opportunity. You've earned yeah. the chance to give us more money. That's right. Like, they always take it. They always try to phrase it like it's some sort of like gift to me where they're like, you've been our internet customer for so long. We want you to buy TV from us too. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that at all. You guys just want more of my money, you know, and to put more paper in my mail. That's box. right. Because if you were, yeah, that's the thing too, is like, if you respond, then they will just keep responding to you. You know, I mean, that's what happened with like the DNC. I sent money to the Democratic National Committee like early on in the race when Yang and uh, Bernie were still in, and um, they they said, "Oh, you're." They kept sending me things saying, "Oh, your donation has like you've gotten us this far, or like you're gonna lose your your membership dues, or, or like your membership status, or whatever that I got for my my money I sent in." And they still kept sending me things, so it's like whatever that you know. <laughs> I don't know what the difference between being a member and not being a member is. I think you get the same letters saying thank you from Obama and Nancy Pelosi, yeah. <laughs> but you don't like <laughs> nothing really changes about, you know, what's happening. Are I you guess. still a lib? Give us more money. If you are, please, we're not, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's, it's just, it's just silly. But I mean, that's the thing too, is like in the, there's gotta be some sort of rule or like law or something that says that, any email that's promotional has to have an unsubscribe option like listed in the email. Wait, you because said there's a every, law? I don't know because every single one I found has that, you know, and yeah. it, it's hidden sometimes and like it's hard to find, but it's always in there. Hmm. So it makes me wonder if there's some, there's gotta be some sort of rule or something that says you have to be able to unsubscribe because those don't exist in the physical mail. I've checked yeah. every paper, read through all the fine print, and there's nothing in there that says, if you want to stop receiving these messages, then you know, do these steps. There's nothing in there about that. You actually have to go out and seek it out. And even on their website, they don't have a way of doing it explicitly. You have to contact them through their generic contact page saying, please unsubscribe me from your freaking mailing list. <laughs> but even then, I don't know if that would work because like, think about the person who's loading up your mailbox, right? Like, are they like checking a list saying, okay, this person unsubscribe from buy Lowe's, uh, ads, you know, yeah. they're just stuffing it in every single mailbox because that's the easy thing to do. And if that's, if I worked there, that's what I would do. I would not be checking my list against who, who oh. ordered ads or not, you well, know, especially if you get to that 90 pieces of mail a day lady, yeah. like, you don't have time for that. So, no. yeah. So like, yeah. It, it, and I guess the only solution really is to befriend your mail person, you know? Get in good with them. Leave them little treats in the mailbox. Say, this is just for you. <laughs> like, <all laughs> little right. cakes. Joey left little me, cakes or something. you know, macadamia nut brownies. He doesn't have it's to It's been here for this. a week. It's a little moldy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need any of these credit card offers That's now. right. Yeah, that's right. I'll just give his neighbor double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go somewhere. Yeah. 
this is just for all the hard work you've done. You know, it's just a hint, hint, wink, wink. I'll send in a good message to your supervisor if I if I get slightly less mail this week. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if that worked, but you know, that's the only solution really is to intervene at the human level. Well, speaking of people who carry around a sack of things that they deliver, uh, <laughs> while I was home for Christmas, <laughs> while I was home for Christmas, uh, not for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, we started watching Christmas movies because I, I, I come from a household where, uh, you know, sometimes they like to start doing Christmas stuff before Thanksgiving, like such as listening to Christmas music. I'm the type of person who wants to start Christmas after Thanksgiving, you know, give mm -hmm. Thanksgiving its own th chance. And then we can go after that. Also, I used to work in the mall, and Christmas music definitely takes its toll on me. So uh, I got to limit my exposure. But either way, uh, we watched the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Have you heard oh, about the Christmas one, Chronicles? One or two. One or two. Both. Both of them. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, with Kurt Russell? I um with yeah Kurt Russell as sexy Santa Claus as my mom and my sister like to call him because he's cool. you know because he goes against the grain he's not the fat Santa Claus and he doesn't do ho 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 you know he's a no he's all about those ho ho hoes if you know what I mean <laughs> he's, he's cut from a different cloth and uh, mm. and uh, I, I I don't know the first one I honestly felt like was really cheesy and and not my favorite but Kurt Russell was good in it. Um, it's always interesting when you create a new like version of Santa Claus because you immediately get compared to the other Santa Clauses, right? Yeah. Like I'm sitting here watching Kurt Russell be Santa Claus and I'm like, mm, is he better than Tim Allen though? But is he Tim Allen? Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's tough, but I, I do think Kurt Russell delivers. And then in C Christmas Chronicles two, which came out, I think last year, uh, see, I watched Christmas Chronicles I did my homework, so now I was eligible to watch mm. Christmas Chronicles 2, which... Unlocked. And let me tell Christmas you, I, I didn't too. have the greatest things to say about the Christmas Chronicles, the original. Th that's my personal opinion. Plenty of people enjoyed it. It did well. But Christmas Chronicles 2, let me tell you, is well worth getting there because it has Tyrese Gibson in it, and he's great. <laughs> I wish that it From had... Fast and Furious? he's uh he well i i guess i don't want to spoil it but he he comes in introduced as a new character in the second one and he's great and yeah that's the thing although the, my one criticism is they don't have him driving at any point during it which is a big whiff if you ask me um especially because of how many different characters get to drive santa's sleigh tyrese totally doesn't get an opportunity uh, which is probably wow. probably my, the, my biggest con for that movie, but the biggest missed opportunity in cinema since yes. a rush hour didn't blow up uh, that that um, that uh, helicopter with um, what's his name in it? Oh yeah, oh man, whatever his name. <laughs> they, did, they didn't blow up the C four. Yeah, uh, they didn't blow up the C four vest that Jackie Chan carried to the top of the building. No, exactly right. You know, sometimes it's just so obvious, but the people making the movie get too caught up. Um, but the other thing, maybe was, it's a statement saying Tyrese is more than just a fast and furious actor. You know, he can do more than just that. Well, we're not even, we're not even going to show him driving in this one to show just how much range he really does have. Well, he absolutely has range because when I Googled his name, it came up with, instead of American actor, it, Google says American singer, which I, I was unaware of, but apparently according to Wikipedia, and, you know, this might be really obvious, and I might be missing it, but um, he apparently did music before transitioning to becoming an actor. So uh, maybe that's like, you know, he's considered that first because he did that first. And, spoiler alert, he does sing. 
in the uh, in the movie. Dang. Yeah. So getting back wow. to his roots uh, around Christmas. So um, yeah, it was fun. You know, it was, it's you it's like one those. Of those... So, you, so you recommend them? Good Christmas movies. If your family wants to watch them, uh, <laughs> go ahead. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more That's not an endorsement. Listen, it's always tough to be a new Christmas movie because you have to compete with the nostalgia of past Christmases. I think that that's a it's a really tough standard to meet. I think years I from now, maybe I'll be reminiscing on the good times I had the first time I watched Tyrese Gibson on, on Christmas, and, and maybe then it'll, I'll be able to recommend it to other people. But at this point, I, I'm uh, I'm going to hold off the uh, coveted seal of recommendation. Uh, mm. from me but you know what i'm saying it's a family movie it is appropriate for all, for all ages if you have to watch a kid's christmas movie you know it's one of the ones that you can watch out so, there yeah <laughs> it's, <laughs> but wait, it's, wait, wait. it's one, a one kid's christmas movie wow that's a great recommendation <laughs> uh, listen <laughs> it's a new christmas movie it's made waves let you know, me step out of this tepid bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one thing that's interesting is in the second movie the villain is named uh Belschnickel. And uh, this is actually, you know, could be totally uh, nebulous to the average viewer. But before we watched this movie, we watched every Christmas episode of The Office, uh, just going through season by season and just watching the Christmas episodes. And in the final Christmas episode, I believe it's the final one. So either it's the final one or the second to last one. It's called Dwight Christmas. And it's the one where Michael is long gone at this point. This show is much worse than it used to be. Uh, and they let Dwight do his Christmas in the office. And it's southwestern Germany, like Christmas. And Santa Claus is called Belschnickel. And instead of like seeing if you're, you've been naughty or nice, he uh, checks his list to see if you've been impish or admirable. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it's, it's a okay. hilarious episode. And uh, the villain in, in uh, Christmas Chronicles 2 is named Belschnickel, although totally different character. Nothing like Dwight's mm. So he's not just the German Santa Claus. He's, he's something else altogether. Completely. He's not even German. He's New Zealand. New Zealand? <laughs> New Zealander. He is a New Zealander. But what, what would you say? A Kiwi. What would you a kiwi he's a he's yeah but what's like the you know german you know it's like somebody i like you, somebody is german somebody from They're new zealand german. is a kiwi a kiwi okay so if you, there's a family of people <laughs> from sure. new zealand what would you say they are what? a kiwi family or yeah, so. they are kiwis i guess you would say yeah but their family you know what i'm saying i'm trying to use it as a different part of speech they are Kiwi. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that is a Kiwi. I don't think you're. Yeah. A Kiwi. Yeah. No, no, no. no it's it, definitely right. I looked it up. Kiwi people. <laughs> Kiwi parentheses people on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Then, uh, then he is Kiwi. And uh, to just totally... unlike many demographic labels, it's usually just not considered offensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough well, for me, Wikipedia. <laughs> it's actually interesting because when he started talking, uh, my sister and I argued very briefly over whether or not he was from Australia or New Zealand. And mm. I was like, he's totally from New Zealand. I couldn't put my finger on why, but I've been following a creator on TikTok from New Zealand and her accent is really totally different and it's I, and i recognize it it's like it's hard to tell why it's different from australian but it is different 
I've never met any people from New Zealand in real life, but TikTok has definitely opened that window for me. Give me your best New Zealand accent. Oh, man. I can't even. <laughs> I'm not even going to subject you to that. I, I don't know. I, I've never even tried. I can't, I can't even do British, and that's one that I hear a lot watching uh, football. So Football. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll spare you. But another thing that we were, uh, we were doing is listening to Christmas, Christmas music, of course. Right. And um, who could forget the classic Baby It's Cold Outside, the, uh, the 1944 version by Frank um, Losser. And mm. obviously, it's 2020. We all know that this song is canceled uh, entirely. You know, it, it's Do you so... know the story about that? Isn't there a what? A story about that? Yeah. Do you know the story about how that, like, how that all came about? How it got canceled? It was like, yeah. I mean, I read the Wikipedia article on it, and I know that- <laughs> About it, how it got canceled? Like it got part of it was part of me too. Um, oh really? At least it, that's what Wikipedia said. It was it was originally like a just a joke. Like the um they there was these two people that were like we're gonna write the consent version of this song as like a parody. Uh, yes. Okay. Actually, that's and then yes. and then it like people jumped on it saying like you're like you're ruining Christmas because uh everything old is good and and everyone was like no this is the right thing we should cancel this song and the people that had made the song were like uh i this is not what we meant to do yes no no i i actually i know what you're talking about i i was it were they just youtubers they weren't like real i know they were just people who played music they weren't like they weren't anybody like right i don't know okay that's why i couldn't find it on the wikipedia article because i remember when that happened when that was like a thing and they wrote their like consent version everyone hated it like it was like universally well not universally but a lot of people were like this sucks you're ruining christmas and there were people who supported the notion of changing it because it is pretty problematic but they, these lyrics were not the right answer. It, it was, no, they it, were not. They were not intended to be. They were meant to be satire. They were just meant to be funny. Well, that's all. Have you heard the John Legend version that came out last Christmas? I don't think so. It is. It hits the nail right on the head. And I want to uh, just briefly. Obviously, we can't play it, but I I just briefly want to go over some of the lines from the old version and then show you compare them to some of the lines from the John Legend version, uh, just so we can get some context. So, okay. like. We know everybody knows baby it's cold outside. Uh, but there's some problematic baby, it's lines. Cold outside. <laughs> well, there's stuff like uh, <laughs> she says like my mother will start to worry and he responds, "Beautiful, what's your hurry?" and she's like, "My father will be pacing the floor." And he like distracts her with like, "Listen to that fireplace roar." And then later on, this line is super problematic. She goes like, "Say what's in this drink?" And, and and he says no calves to be had out there like there's no way to get you home anyways even if you want to go home uh later on she goes i ought to say no 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 sir and he goes mind if i move in closer like she's li- literally saying no uh, yes. and then and then uh, the next line at least i'm gonna say that i tried and he goes what's the sense in hurting my pride like you have to stay or else so, and again this is all taking it very literally but a lot of people sure. do uh, and then uh and then later she says i simply must go and he says baby it's cold outside and she goes the answer is no <laughs> he goes but baby it's cold outside <laughs> like again another no means no situation where this this song really seems outdated um, yes and then a couple one more stanza or two, or couplet here where she uh he's she says 
I've got to get home. And he goes, baby, you'll freeze out there. And she says, say, lend me a coat. And he goes, it's up to your knees up out there. Okay. Not, not really that harmful of a line, but important for when we compare it to the John legend version. Okay. So again, I think the best way to, to do this is to actually listen to John legend, sing it because it's good. Sure. You should, you should, it's on Spotify. It's everywhere. Go look it up and listen to it. But I want to point out uh, some of the lines because I think that this song gets it right at the right level where it's not being overly woke where they're kind of like shaming the original version, but they are. But it was written by Robin Thicke. Well, no, it's <laughs> no, they're, they're, <laughs> they're right at the level where they're, they're poking fun at the idea of like being too woke. Uh, not necessarily like to, to make light of the situation, but they're saying like, look how easy it is to avoid saying the wrong thing. I here. see. I see. I see. Um, so he says like, like their first line is she's like, I really can't stay baby. It's cold outside. And then she goes, I've got to go away. And he goes, but I can call you a ride. Like immediately <laughs> giving up and saying, okay, we'll, we'll get you out of here. And it, and right. really they don't change the, the, uh, the woman's lines very much, but John Legend's answers to everything are so cheeky and like always the correct answer and uh, and like dodging any sort of bad situation. Uh, <laughs> like she goes, uh, my mom will start to worry, and he goes, I'll call the car and tell him to hurry. She goes, my daddy will be pacing the floor, and he goes, wait, what are you still living at home for? <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, is making the implication that this is not a young woman necessarily. This is an adult who is mm -hmm. at your house cons like, consensually consenting. And uh, and you don't have to – she's making her own decisions here. You know, there's no sort of uh, manipulation going on on the side of John Legend. Um, and he goes – she goes, so better – so really, I'd better scurry. And John Legend goes – your driver, his name is Murray. <laughs> he's a he's a real guy who's coming to pick you up and take you home. Yeah. Uh, but maybe just a half a drink more. We're both adults. Who so who's keeping score? <laughs> like, and it sounds good. He's good at singing the song. The tune all carries the right way. But mm -hmm. it, they totally avoid all these uh, these bad situations. Um, they even have one line where she says, uh, "If I have." She goes, what will my friends think if I have one more drink? And he goes, it's your body and your choice. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> that's very much woke language right there. Sure. Uh, let me, uh, there's a later line where they announce that Murray has pulled up outside. Uh, she says, <laughs> it's just an Uber like, um, ad probably. A, yeah. I mean, they don't explicitly mention it, but that is a good way to know who your driver is because the driving apps usually tell you that stuff. Yeah. Um, he said the other one is, uh, I simply, she says, I I simply should go. And John legend says, text me when you get home. Very sweet thing to say, you know, especially with our age demographic. I feel like it's a very endearing sentiment. Um, and she goes, I'm supposed to say no. And he goes, mm, I guess that's respectable. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> Ah, oh, man, I love it, especially when it's John Legend who's doing it. Um, okay, just to finish up with the, co the coat thing, she says, I've got to go home. He says, oh, baby, I'm well aware. And she says, say, lend me a coat. He goes, oh, keep it, girl. I don't care. Like, now he's giving away a jacket. Like, it's so uh, – in the last one, she says, uh, she says, uh, you've really been grand, don't you see? And he goes, I want you to stay, but it's not up to me. You know, totally letting go of the uh, 
of any sort of notion that he's trying to pressure her or force her into anything. And I was cackling when I was first listening to this because it's such a hilarious answer to the original. And I feel like it doesn't go overboard with being woke. You know, okay. it, it, it for me, it just answers. It's the logical next iteration of this song because the old version, I don't think, can exist anymore or it won't sure. survive, you know, secular consumption. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to show like an evolution of like how we think, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Saying this is like we used to think this was fine. And now this is what is fine. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like. Is it even worth like? Is it even worth like retexturing something like this? I mean, is the song so iconic? I guess that like um, we couldn't just like erase it, or is this part of that erasure, right? And that suddenly like you can't, you won't be able to find the original because this one will be the one that overtakes it because well, you're like replacing, you know, you're you're overwriting it in a way. Well, this one did really well. Um, I I don't have the actually I do have the numbers in front of me. Like it it, it did. Uh, U.S. holiday digital songs. It was number five last year, number six in U.S. R&B digital songs. So this one is a hit. If you search Spotify, I, I guarantee you this will be the first one that comes up. And Frank Losser, the original guy, the OG from 1944, will not be the top one. But I'm pretty sure you can still find his version. Um, yeah. I just think, personally, this is just my personal take, I like this song because of how it sounds, not necessarily because of the things that they're saying. I like the way how it's a man and a woman singing two voices and they kind of mesh together in the way that they sing. And then they come together for the, like the chorus where they're like, baby, right. it's cold outside. Like that sounds good to me. Okay. And the list of Christmas songs that I really like is not that long. So to have a version where I'm like, it doesn't have any sort of, extra reason to not like it i think blue is good. check approved right and, and i also don't think <laughs> yeah it is blue check approved i don't really think that there's any problem with people listening to the old version either if anything the controversy adds a certain allure to it for me sure and i'm like this is why we're listening to the the john legend version because we're good people you know and it's it's all kind of a joke you know i don't think right um anybody who's listening to this song is suddenly endorsing some sort of rape culture although um i did read on the wikipedia entry that saying say what's in this drink was di a different context back then where it was just something to say about alcoholic drinks to be like hey right. what what's in this drink is it alcohol you know like you're but that definitely has a different um Right, right, right. It, it kind of, yeah, because culture. people, you know, spike drinks. Right. So exactly, exactly. It is uncomfortable to listen to it for sure. And, and so, like, distancing yourself from it makes sense. But we like, I feel like there's lots of songs that just like fade out, you know, get filtered out. And I was wondering, like, how those decisions get made. And it's got to be decisions like this, where the song actually has some weird element to it something that doesn't sit right with us now that we are in a more like aware age when we're more empathetic like that. And so what that does is it filters out all these other things. I mean, that's the thing is like you have, all we're doing is building up our music library in the world, right? We're constantly adding new songs to the pile and it's, it's harder and harder to find like to not necessarily find new music but like harder and harder for new music to break in because it's competing with all this old music as well and what that means is like 
cer there's certain types of music that people are going to listen to forever, right? I feel like I've been listening to like 90s and 80s rock since I was like, you know, 12, which means like if I continue seeking that out, that's all I'm going to find, except that like it's going to filter out some and eventually seep in with newer stuff or they're going to bring in newer like songs that I haven't heard as much into it or I'm going to hear the same songs all the time. But what this means is like as more less and less people are following that, those songs filter out into there's not as many of them. But how do you make the decision between filtering out you know, this song, which was number one for 20 weeks, and this song, which was number one for 20 weeks, but 10 days later, like, you know, 10 uh, years later, you know, like, uh, what, how do you make that distinction? And to me, it's like, what is the content of the song? And, and there's, there's this really good um, idea channel video about like millennials killing blank. Um, yeah. he's, he says, like, millennials are killing blank. And, and he says, what's like, this is obviously a rhetorical thing that used to, create headlines but let's act like it's true why would millennials be killing things and his answer is that there's just too much there's so much content there's so much media for us to consume we are the gatekeepers the people the things that that we decide are important become important and those are the things that last everything else filters out and what we're left with is the very best of the best and that means it has to it has to fill every need it doesn't have to just sound good it also has to make sense it also has to um, meet a certain threshold of responsibility, which I think Baby is Cold Inside doesn't. And so, like, the idea that, like, this song would never be played again doesn't make me sad because there's so many other songs that we can listen to, you know? There's so many other things that we could just get to that would be, I don't know, better. Just, like, that we could experience and have a, a different world in a way. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. We're not really losing anything by not playing that song. But it's interesting that, like, this one survive for so long i think partly because of the reason you just said where it is unique it's two people it's a duet you know um it's it's the christmas song so it falls into this different niche where it's much much harder to break into the christmas song genre than it is for other music and um but what that means it also is like if we cut it out there's space for something else as right well. and i wonder what it would look like i wonder if the what this song would look like without the john legend version from last year you know would right. it just continue to become less and less relevant as less people play it uh because again i think on this uh wikipedia article they said something about it having a 70 percent decrease in Oh, actually, hold on. <laughs> Following the controversy, the song rose to the top 10 of Billboard's digital sales list for the week of December yes. 22nd, 2018, with a 70% increase in downloads. So actually, the controversy made it more relevant, not less. Uh, yes. So, But let's just say it somewhere down the line, people the, get over the controversy and it just is publicly rejected. Um, it could fade out. But I think John Legend saw what happened and said, <laughs> I certainly want to cash out on this. So I'll put it sure. on my le a legendary Christmas album. A and, legendary uh, Christmas album? That's, that's what it's called. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> and um and then he'll make you get attention. And I think it I think it worked, you know? So Well, uh, yeah, it's like it's like that movie like Birth of a Nation, right? Which is like this very famous racist movie that had all these people dressed in blackface talked about like it is very racist in this content and everything. There was one, a, a birth of the nation that came out like a few years ago. That was like a completely different story featuring black actors about like, like um, them coming free or something like that. I don't, I never saw it. I never even, I think I watched the trailer or something, but the idea like was very clear. Like we're going to erase 
the notion of birth of the nation. When someone says birth of the nation, suddenly it's like, which one are you talking about? Uh, it's the one that's more recent, right? The one that comes up more, more frequently in my Google searches. And that's kind of what's happening here too with baby, it's cold outside is like, it's making, he's making it harder to distinguish which one you're even talking about and making like, sure, he's making money off it, but he's also like erasing the original song, which like is kind of a certain, like there's certain media, I guess, that like falls into a, a bucket of like, this is harmful in a way that we need to act on it. We can't just let it filter out, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how Disney felt about their original animated films, which is why <laughs> when you search Aladdin, the one with Will Smith comes up and not the, the original cartoon. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, again, like this is obviously going to be something that you can capitalize on, and he's smart to do it in the way he did. But it's it's interesting that, like, like we want to keep this song around for so badly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, I think if this song had, di uh, if it was just another generic Christmas song where it was just like, Hey, Christmas tree, this and tinsel that like people would want to listen to it. Cause it's catchy. You know, sure. I, 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 although let's, let's not just, let's not just glance over the fact that if you take a look at the song, the original lyrics with a more, um, you, you give them more benefit of the doubt. It is just a situation where it's like, oh man, like, you know, women at this time weren't supposed to spend the night over with like a man they weren't married with too. So it's kind of just like a sexual tension thing and not mm. necessarily anything worse than that, you know? So if you can be a little bit more gracious with your interpretation, there's still something beneficial about that original song, but it all depends on how you want to look at it. Uh, That's which, true. Which plenty of people don't want to, you know? And, um, I think that's fine. You know, it's up to you to decide. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But, but other Christmas songs that I that caught my eye while we were there because we did a little bit of Christmas karaoke at the at yeah. our household, and um, one song that I tried to do Christmas karaoke with, it didn't really go that well. But uh, the Twelve Pains of Christmas. Have you ever heard this? Yes, I have heard of that one. I tried to do that one as karaoke because there was a YouTube video that said karaoke. There's two reasons why it didn't work. First off, because if you've ever heard that song, you know that they change up the days later on where it's like day seven is like kids saying like, I want a transformer. Literally every time they do that, it changes to something else. Sometimes he's like, yeah, just crying. So you can't really sing that <laughs> karaoke style that. So that was an issue. But then on top of that, whoever made this back in 2011 on YouTube, did a horrible job. Every single slide of the karaoke was different color text, different font, different transition <laughs> slide in. So it was like you would be trying to sing the song, but every individual letter is rolling in one at a time. And by the time they're all in frame, the line is done and it's on to the next frame. So it was, it was an absolute train wreck. Uh, but it is still a funny song, a Christmas song that I'm not tired of yet. And then sure. also, I subjected my family to listening to Making Christmas from The Nightmare Before Christmas, and we got into a semantic argument about whether or not that's a Christmas song. And I was ah. like, it has Christmas in the name. They say <laughs> Christmas plenty of times in the song, and they even say fa-la-la in the song. So I think it's a Christmas song, even though it definitely sounds like a Halloween well, song. I mean, it's a Halloween song and a Christmas song. You split the difference, and it's a Thanksgiving song, obviously. <laughs> right. So that's why it was appropriate to play it this past weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. 
Yeah. Oh, those are interesting choices for sure. I, that's not what I would have chosen. I would have chosen um, uh, uh, Carol of the Bells, which is uh, with no lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, actually, yeah. one that I, I totally crushed the performance on was the uh, You're a Mean One. And not mm. entirely the creator version, although I'm sure I could crush that one too. But it was the uh, the one the original one, and I was more familiar with the uh, the lyrics because of the podcast we did. That's right. Um, a couple years ago, with the what was it? The nauseous super nos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good line. lines there. Oh, it's so funny. It's just like the greatest like diss track of all time. Of course. <laughs> I'll tell you just about how bad the Grinch is, how disgusting he is. That's a thing. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, um, I got I got something to talk about. Okay, you ready? Lay it That's on. Something I've been ta- excited to talk to you about for a while. So, okay, uh, the title of this this um, this is simplicity in media, and I got several things I got here. The first thing is this New Yorker article that I read uh, from Kyle Ch- uh, Chaya uh, I think is how you say his name. Chaika. Um, it the name. Uh, the, the the title of the of the uh, article and like what it's about is about Emily in Paris. Do you know this show? Have you heard about this show? You know the show. I have seen it referenced in memes. I haven't watched you it. You know the show. You know the show. Oh gosh. Anyway. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me just tell you my entire like knowledge of this show, and it's sure. very short. Is that somebody told me that Emily in Paris is supposed to be um is supposed to rhyme. That that was the reason that they wrote that was the title. So it was supposed to be Emily and Paris. Right, but people, of course, uh, um, people took it the other way, and they were like, Emilis in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's amazing. amazing. So that's it. That's all I know. That's that's pretty good. Um, I have not watched the show, but it, it's a – the example he, – he says this is an example of this new type, a new genre of television he calls ambient television. And I think you can extend this to ambient media in general. Basically, the idea is like this is something that you have on in the background. It's very, it's very unchallenging. It's it, it basically succumbs to your phone is kind of the way she like he describes it. So like, like uh, other you know stuff tried to be you know bombastic, tries to grab your attention, tries to bring you in at all these different angles, right? This show is like uh, you know you might as well look at your phone. Just do it. You know I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's like it gives up and it's like this is the way we're gonna do things now. Is and it, how is that possible? It's just because, she just walks around Paris and doesn't say anything. Well, no, it's, it's just that it's it's so it, it's it doesn't it doesn't grab you as tightly, right? It's not the story is so simplistic, and there's never there's no hardly any stakes to it. Emily's never really in danger or anything. Uh, he says that many of the episodes climax with the perfect instagram picture like they finally got the perfect instagram picture and that's the episode yeah (laughs) and and he says like this is this is what we're looking for now well in the past like um when we first like like had suburbs and everything the thing that was really popular was soap operas because they were something you could put on in the background that were always on at the exact same time every day and they were easy to make very cheap to make and um you know, they were just something to fill up like the the noise in your life, right? And then streaming came along and it, it like cord cutting and people became a lot more intentional about what they watched. It wasn't so much just turn on the TV and watch whatever's on. You have to decide what to watch. And that made people way more invested in what they were doing. And it also meant that like binging became a big thing so that um, when you're binging something, you're paying close attention the whole time, right? It's something that you're kind of engrossed in. You're almost like transported completely into that world for the time that you're binging. It, it, it's an active experience. Whereas 
he's saying that like Emily in Paris and, and shows like it are not. And here you have this quote here that I think is, is pretty good. Whereas the internet once promised to provide on-demand access to limitless information and media to anyone willing to make use of a Google search, lately it has encouraged a more passive kind of engagement, a state of slack-jawed consumption only intensified by this past year's quarantine ennui. Streaming companies once pitched themselves as innovators for offering the possibility to watch anything at any time. But do we really want to choose? The prevalence of ambient media suggests that we don't. Netflix even re recently announced that it is experimenting with its own version of pre-programmed TV channel called Direct. So based on the, like the, um, I don't know, this the idea or the vibe of television recently, like he's saying that we're really looking for something that is not challenging, something that's simple, something that we can just put on and leave on as we go about our lives. And that's something that we used to be able to do, but now because of streaming, it's, it's a little harder to, ha to make happen. It, you know, it's interesting because he makes a difference between, he says there's a distinction between ambient television and slow TV. Slow TV is high definition in its visual information, yet it gets its meaning from viewers' imaginative consciousness, which is a quote from Nathan Heller, another New Yorker um, uh, columnist. And, and what he said, like, new, slow TV is like watching grass grow or like watching uh, like a seven-hour video of a, a train going down a track in one direction or something and like what this does is it, like it engages your imagination right you're like you, you put it on at a party or something and you're like watching it uh like kind of on and off and eventually you're like wait where is where is it going what's happening you invent this whole story around it right and it's it's a it's not it's it's not as engaging as say like something like breaking bad or like mad men or or game of thrones or whatever but it, it engages you in a different way so Whereas slow ambient... tv is not necessarily something that everybody's watched before no 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 okay. and ambient tv is is not that ambient tv is doesn't engage you at all it's unchallenging right it, it's simple you you can understand exactly where it's going from um the other thing that he brings up is um, Nathan Apodaca, the uh, the TikTok guy, um, dog, 420 dog face. You know that guy? I With don't. The cranberry actually. juice. You don't know about this guy, the most famous TikToker. Uh, is he though? Yeah, he made that. He made that video where he's longboarding, drinking cranberry juice to uh, to Fleet Mac streams. Is okay. Yeah, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. You should have so just said says, the longboarding cranberry juice guy. I did sort of. <laughs> That's not his real name. Anyway, I saw him in a commercial with Snoop Dogg recently. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, he says like this. This is a perfect example of ambient television, and TikTok is kind of ambient television or ambient media as well because what it, it he says like th there's no content to that video right of him longboarding it, it's not it's a vibe it's a feeling that you get you know it, and and that's really what ambient television is about it's giving you this feeling more so than ever engaging you directly with anything one example that i have from uh me and you's uh experience is you showed me this video a long time ago at a party wait, wait, wait. two guys it, two guys guess. dabbing for one hour yes it was <laughs> it was one hour of dabbing yeah one hour of dabbing it's freaking amazing i watched a little bit of it again today it's free, it's awesome it's, it's just the great. ultimate party video you have yeah. people over you put on music and then you yeah. turn on one hour of dabbing on mute and you just let them dab it's, yep. it's kind of slow tv but it's also ambient tv in a way because you can just sit there and be like yeah and they just constantly find new ways to dab and they're like changing clothes because they get hot because they're outside <laughs> yeah. it's it's awesome it's a perfect it's the video is awesome and 
and it's um it's exactly the kind of thing you're like that we're kind of engaging with more and more now and i have a kind of an example from my own life this is not exactly ambient tv but it was simplistic tv um which is jojo's bizarre adventure which is that anime um that it was really popular a, a few years ago, I think. I've I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, but I, I know it's popular. It's it's. I think it's great. It, it's it's very simple in, in its premise and everything. It it's like it's so like over the top and very epic and everything. But it's very clear cut. There's good guys. There's bad guys. The good guys are gonna win. But how are they gonna win? You know, they get knocked down, but they always get back up. It's it's awesome. It, and and while I was captivated by this thing, you know, and because it's, it has subtitles and everything, I wasn't looking away as much, you know, and I, but I still felt like that kind of, that kind of thing of like, this is simple. I don't have to pay that close attention to all the characters. I don't have to understand the wide range of everything. I like all the like mystical stuff and everything and the world building that they do. But it's like, it's not really the point. The point is the good guy's going to win. And as soon as it got more complicated than that, as soon as like, I think it's, it's the third Jojo appears, I guess it's technically the second season. I, and he, like I, he was like a bad boy and he was like in jail at first. And then he, he calls his mom a, a bitch to her face. And like, that makes him, you know, kind of edgy. And I, I immediately lost interest. I was like, I don't care about seeing this guy get rede like getting redeemed. I want to see good guys fight bad guys. I don't want to see complicated guys fighting complicated guys. I want to see some, I want to see good triumph over evil because good is good, better than bad, you know? And I want to see good be good to to a point where it's surprising how good it is. Like that that was what I was looking for. And Jojo delivered that like so easily for me. And as soon as it moved away from that, it um it failed a lot for me. No, and I know exactly what you're talking about, especially with TikTok. Like there it's it's almost you you can only really find it on your for you page, I feel like, because you don't know that you're looking for it, but you find it every once yes. in a while on TikTok where it's just like like you said, like a vibe. Like somebody will be doing something and it's just like them listening to a, a sound bite, a part of a song that's really good, and them doing something on screen and it works. You don't have to know who they are. You don't even right. necessarily have to know the artist of the song, but it's just all the visual and the, and the audio mixed together. And you're like, yeah, I like this. I'll watch this. Yeah. That's what I want. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and then he says that exactly in the article, he says that this, like the for you page on TikTok is this, like it's, it just, it, it it's tailored for you. And it's just this It's hitting just the right notes for you in a way that's not like, you're just kind of, engaged you're kind of entertained you know your 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 life is being sucked out of you one tiktok at a time but you don't really realize it you know because it's just kind of like uh it's just kind of gripping you in this like very nonchalant way where like it's very non-committal you know oh it's so non-committal yeah you, know, like, you can just go to the next one you just go to the next one you just go to the next one yeah you, you go to the next one or you one. can stop watching altogether at any right. moment right it's meant to keep you stuck in like an endless scroll, but that's the thing. Like there is no start or end. You can just everything is just not, totally non-committal. I think this um, simplicity idea of like we want simplicity in our world, especially right now when everything seems so complicated and so crazy, uh, extends to something even more nefarious and um, a little bit more um, deadly or just kind of evil. And I am, of course, talking about QAnon. I have been doing so much research about QAnon recently. I've like fallen into the, not the QAnon rabbit hole directly, but in the adjacent pipeline that 
stares at QAnon and says, "What the heck is happening over there?" You've been Why driving on happening? the on the the QAnon frontage road that goes yes. right along parallel to the QAnon to the highway. highway. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, I'm and what I've been doing, I've been listening to this uh, this podcast called QAnon Anonymous, who and uh, who's been tracking the QAnon's movement since 2018, early on in their um, in, in its inception. Um, and it's actually really interesting because I've been watch- listening to it like week by week. And at, like, so I've been kind of go- time traveling in a way. I've been like uh, going back in time and they're like, oh, can you like, well, there's one episode where they say, can you imagine if, Jeff's, if Jeff Epstein actually kills himself? And then like two episodes later, they're literally freaking out because Jeffrey Epstein had killed himself. So like- <laughs> Killed himself, yeah. <laughs> right, right. There's a lot of evidence that he probably did kill himself. So really, anyway, am I yes. am I a QAnoner or is, or is that the what's the QAnon stance? Okay, so there's so QAnon thinks that he was offed by the Clintons because they think everyone was killed by the Clintons, even people that work for the Clintons. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll I'll touch on Jeffrey Epstein briefly right here, which is that we don't have any good statistics for how often people kill themselves in prison. That not, that number is not tracked, or and people don't seem to care about it, and so. Uh, it's it's r- rumored that it's as high as thirty percent of people kill themselves in prison. And if you think about it, like it kind of makes sense. If you're leaning toward that in any sort of way, and suddenly you're put in prison, and it looks like you're gonna be put up on all these trials, like all these, and your life is about to be torn apart in the in the public eye, like Jeffrey Epstein would be. Why would you put yourself through that? Your life's already over. But when you step into that jail cell, you know. Well, right. But I I don't want to get too derailed here on the Jeffrey right. Epstein thing. But l- what about people who are on suicide watch? And how many of those people had right. like the guards fall asleep and like there's no camera? No, no. Then... There's definitely some. There's definitely some like weird things about it. You know, it, it's it's more. It has more evidence toward the contrary than many of the other claims that Q makes. But it it is, it, it's more likely than not that he killed himself just simply because like. He was in o- a bad Occam's Razor yeah. say that it is the simplest solution to this. You're right. And they, it was based on negligence, but so is everything. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know how much you know about QAnon, but I'll give you Almost a brief none. rundown. It's, it's actually interesting to me how little I do know about it because, um, you know, I do my best to stay informed. And what I've heard from people who seem informed is QAnon is a bunch of nonsense. And yes. I've taken their word for it, which may be irresponsible of me. No, uh, you're, to- you're right. It is nonsense. But it is, but it's interesting nonsense, and it's become more, it's become more important than I think people want it to be. Eighty-seven, like people who who ran for office uh, in twenty twenty, uh, were QAnon affiliated. Yeah, and some of them won. Yes, that's right. Some of them were unopposed, but some of them also won. Right? Isn't there a QAnon congresswoman now from Wisconsin? Yes, yes that's right. I just yes. remember hearing Hassan announce her like her win. And he was mm. like, QAnon is in the Congress now. Congratulations. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yes. He was on the, the, the podcast too, actually. There's a good episode with him. Really? Yeah. You should listen to that. Um, the other, I've also been reading articles about QAnon since for, for a while now. And I've also been listening to another QAnon podcast called um, Q Clearance with Jake Hanrahan, uh, who's a conflict journalist, who's, whose goal of that podcast is to expose the identity of Q because no one's really sure who he is. Um, anyway, so QAnon is a conspiracy theory centered around a high-level government or military intelligence person who is um, sending coded messages uh, about upcoming events to members of the public via an online message board. So the person or people who claim to have Q clearance 
which is a, a real thing in the energy sector. Um, so that's why they call themselves Q. And that's how they refer to themselves. They sign all their posts with a, a like a little dash Q or just They Q. implying gender non-binary or they again like we don't know which gender or we're saying they we don't know we don't know if it's one people. person or multiple people or if it's a male or female uh my guess it's it's a single white male and is like, who's older that's okay. that's well, based like on the assuming but okay <laughs> yes that's right that's the guess um they claim to, so they this person q claims to meet regularly with president trump to discuss an ongoing plan to oust ma major political players uh, as child trafficking, Satan worshiping pedophiles. These people are part of a large, powerful, pure evil organization called the Cabal, or sometimes referred to as the Deep State. Um, so members of the Deep State include, but are not limited to, Hillary and Bill Clinton, of course, Barack Obama, John Podesta, Andrew McCabe, uh, John McCain, Tom Hanks, Bill Gates, anyone who's critical of Trump, anyone who's been in politics for a significant amount of time, George Soros, the Rothschilds, uh, Saudi royal family, anyone critical of QAnon. <laughs> that Those are the people that are in the deep state, according to right. them. Right, but <laughs> do any of those people include Republicans? Do they also believe that uh, John McCain is a Republican. Uh, I'm not sure state? how they. I'm not actually not sure how they feel about Mitch McConnell. He he falls into the bucket of like he's part of the deep state because he's been in there for such a long time. John McCain, for example, they they really hate John McCain to the point where they don't even say his name. They call him Voldemort, or they'll say <laughs> no name, like because they really really don't like him. Wow. Um, yeah. So Q posts exclusively on this website called 8chan, which has actually been rebranded to 8kun recently, um, which is basically a forum with no rules. On 8chan, anyone can create a unique space for any topic they wish. There's no checks, no admins, no approvals. Once these boards, uh, one of these boards was specifically dedicated to Q and his post, which the believers of the conspiracy theory call Q drops. So uh, Q posts I've heard is a of Q that. drop, basically. Yeah. Um, Okay, so do you have any questions so far? I have like, there's, I know it's I'm all only, adding like, up. It's all adding up yeah, so far. I've only scratched the surface. There's some, I've written a lot about this. But anyway, so uh, Q drops uh, are interesting. And I'll go into this a little bit. And actually, yeah, I'll give you some, some more things here. Um, Q, the anonymous poster on 8chan, it's, he claims to have high ranking military uh, um, presence. And as such, they're, they're privy to certain information that the public is not. They claim that they are doing this as a patriotic duty, and the people that have a right to know what's really happening in the background, what the Mockingbird media uh, is hiding. That's their, you know, the mainstream media is the Mockingbird media. They so this is interesting. That? Yeah. Uh, this is based on a, oh my God, dude. Not the lamestream <laughs> media or uh, No, the Mockingbird news? media is a reference to a, a operation done by the CIA or what they call clowns in America uh, to actually... Um, Influ to actually influence this is a real con this is a real operation that the cia did called operation mockingbird to influence major players in the media to put out um like pro like government um uh uh publications and stuff like actual like news articles that were pro uh cia and things so they that's actually based on a real thing well a lot of see this is what's what's really interesting about conspiracy theories, but QAnon in general, is there's always a kernel of truth. There's always a tiny, tiny bit of it that has something in it. It's just that they take that, they say, oh, there was this thing once, therefore it's still happening, therefore Hillary Clinton eats children. Like, it, it, it's literally <laughs> like the jumping to 
different levels of conspiracy just uh, is the is the main problem but this is interesting right imagine if there was, was true imagine if there was a person who had this position and was doing this was actually posting on hn at like saying that they had secret knowledge right what this would be there would be a ton of evidence right that, because they would have all this information to be able to do it well so what evidence does q have of their status or at least their close personal relationship with trump um none absolutely nothing uh q's very first post is wrong like he said this is something was going to happen and it didn't happen uh, q loves to predict the future claiming that they know when things will happen uh but this is total bullshit too nothing they have predicted has come to pass they also like to take credit for things that they had no hand in or even better that they did in fact predict something that has just occurred so this slight works out slightly better um see Q, q's posts or drops are usually super super vague um reply all describe them as horoscopes for crazy boomers which i think is really <laughs> funny but it's it's it puts it into good perspective here's here's an example of a, a drop from uh october 21st a deep dark world is being exposed the truth won't be for everyone have faith in humanity q it's it's almost like a high q you know like it, it like a high q <laughs> a high q yeah <laughs> Many of them like have this kind of you know uh, broken English kind of thing, where they're not complete sentences. Uh, a lot of them have uh, say things like, "Why is this relevant? How is this connected?" It's just like really dumb, like little questions or like like question mark, like you know Hillary Clinton question mark, like it, all sorts of stuff. There's this Hillary Clinton right confirmed. That's right. Here, let me um let me share my screen with you really fast. I have this other one I want to show you. Okay. Uh, let me figure this out. I uh, to present. I well, that's the thing for me is like uh, part of the reason why I haven't taken Q seriously or looked further into Q is people have told me that they um, they're wrong all the time. So yes, that wasn't really a reason <laughs> I wanted to uh, to look into it. Can you see so, my screen? I can. What are we looking at here? You see this? This is a picture that they made that somebody made. It's a um, I don't know if you want to describe it or not. It's basically a picture of Trump in like red. Can you can you give me a, a good description of this? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a it's a square image of um, what you know. It, it's, it looks like almost like the title of for like a movie, like a movie poster. It has Donald yeah. Trump looking very stern in the top left, big face, and it's all red and black. So his everything's tinted red, and he's right next to the Washington Monument silhouette, and uh, it says at the top that uh, the hunt is on. What does it say above that? Uh, I can't really read it. I think it says, uh, um, oh, uh, below the depths of the D.C. swamp. That's what it says. <laughs> yes. Below the depths of the D.C. swamp, the hunt is on. And at the bottom where, like, the movie title would be, it says, Hunters Become the Hunted. And then below that, the subtitle is Patriots in Control. Right. And in, in tiny text, it actually says, Enjoy the Show, which is a common cue refrain. And then uh, below that, it actually says, After Today, Make More Sense, Buckle Up. Q. So this was actually an entire post, which is this picture and then him saying, make more sense, like as if that would, you know, I don't know, as if that would make more sense. <laughs> anyway, so this is kind of the theme of a lot of these. And like QAnon people interpret these drops in various ways. A somewhat unique thing about QAnon is as opposed to other conspiracies, it's it has this limited interactivity element of it. Like there's someone in control and he's interacting directly with this. Q post drops, which are full of these tiny pieces of information called crumbs. And then these are picked apart and interpreted by people who call themselves bakers. 
these the bakers are like the oracle's priestesses right the oracle ah. says something very vague the priestess says this is what it means so for example q says it will be sunny tomorrow and the bakers say by sunny he means hillary clinton would be going to jail and by tomorrow he means next month so like that's that's kind of the relationship uh, of what's going on here and then uh when this doesn't happen obviously it's totally fine because either no one remembers no one cares or they just got it wrong q obviously is infallible right it's not that Hugh predicted something and it came wrong. It didn't happen. It's that we didn't understand what he meant. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Okay. Right. Sure. So we, we can go a step further here. And that's with these Q proofs. So these are, so there's a website called QProofs.com, which is a website that shows, which is Q- QAnon's uh, best evidence for their, um, for Q's existence, or at least Q's um, claims. And what all it's a documented list of like proofs that they have, and there I'll show you a couple of them. They're they're actually they're they're quite compelling, you might say. Here Uh-oh. from the front page of the Q Proof website, I'll, I'll read it for you. QAnon's intel drops are approved by President Trump, and the proofs provided here will debunk any claims otherwise. This is not a conspiracy theory, nor is it a prank. This is a massive effort for alertness and transparency from our government. And it goes on to say, ex- examining these proofs provided by Q and President Trump will convince the most skeptical person who takes the time to examine them. The proof of Q's legitimacy is undeniable, and the information these drops have yielded is shocking beyond belief. So, are you ready? Uh, right yeah. here, I actually have a, um, a, a, a screenshot from 8chan that shows a, a post you from to, QAnon. I, I'm looking at you again. Do you want to show it to the, the Yeah, can you, can you see it? It's, it's a, I have it right here, highlighted. So this is a post from Q uh, on 8chan. It says, you are learning. How many coincidences before it becomes mathematically impossible? Wait till you learn who has been talking to you here. Q. So how many coincidences before it becomes mathematically impossible is also a common refrain among QAnon believers. I don't know if you can tell, but it's not really a sentence that makes sense. Like, <laughs> what? What is a um, like? What is a coincidence, right? A coincidence is when something lines up in an unexpected way, right? For example, like you walk into your job and somebody you know is wearing the same colored shirt as you, right? That's a coincidence. You say something like, "Oh, somebody else comes by wearing a red shirt, and you're both wearing blue shirts," um, and he says, "The red guy in the red shirt says, oh, I didn't get the memo,' and you're both like, "Aha! It's funny because we're both wearing blue shirts." You know, what is this evidence of? It's evidence of nothing. It's evidence that you both own blue shirts. You know, it doesn't actually show anything. Then there's something like um, all of the uh, uh, Super Tuesday uh, this year, right? All of the Democratic nominees besides like Biden and uh, Bernie dropped out on the same day. And like, is it, this is a coincidence? Is this a coincidence or is this evidence of something else? Now, I think you could make the compelling statement that this is evidence of something else, right? And with more evidence around this and more investigating, you could probably point that, that there was some sort of uh, dealing behind the scenes that showed people were working together, right? So yes. we have two different examples here. We have a coincidence that is nothing, and we have a coincidence that it might be something, right? But th- what they're saying here with how many coincidences until it becomes mathematically impossible, it's like, imagine they have like a jar, right? And you have jelly beans, and you put jelly beans in the jar, right? And every t- and when the jar is full, you have pr- enough proof to make a statement, right? But it, so you, every little piece of evidence you have is a jelly bean and you put it in the jar. I don't know why it's jelly beans. I just, I was thinking about jelly beans sure. earlier. And yeah. So that's what's on my mind. Um, <laughs> so then, so, but some of these jelly beans, like you can't put a jelly bean in for some of these, some of these are not proofs of anything, right? Some of these are just 
pure coincidences. It's not like you can put in a jelly bean for every coincidence. That doesn't make sense because some of the coincidences are nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're not evidence of anything. They're just like, they're just coincidences and there's nothing behind them. They're just, they just happen to be two things that you said, oh, these are similar. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's like if somebody, you two were wearing the same shirt on Tuesday and then right. you guys over here both had McDonald's on Wednesday and on yeah. Friday, I'm ready to you know say that there's a conspiracy going on because I've that's noticed right. all these things that I consider to be coincidences. That's right. Exactly. And, and that's exactly right. Is what you do consider coincidence, right? What exactly is a coincidence? There's not a hard, fast rule for this. It's, a, it's not a mathematical or scientific term. It's just a colloquialism that we use to describe things that we notice. So I got a Q proof right here. This, these are what they look like. Um, <laughs> it's basically just a, a, here, let me, you describe it for, for our listeners. Well, it looks a little, if you've seen, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It looks a little bit lo like what Charlie Kelly is pointing at when he's trying to figure <laughs> out who, uh, what's his name? The, um, oh, Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. Yeah. It, it looks a little bit like that, except it's JFK Trump in a YouTube video, a post from 8chan, uh, and a bunch of other quotes here. Yeah. So it's, um, a lot of them look like this, and the, this is actually one of the more tame ones. Uh, so basically what this is saying is that uh, Q posts this video that, that um, has a, a, a clip from JFK's speech. And at the end, it, it cuts off early before JFK says sacred honor. And then Trump, in a, in a post later on, uh, said, like, I guess it's a YouTube clip or something, some video that he posts. Um, in that video, he says the words sacred honor. Um, and this is evidence that, um, Trump is with Q. You, you see oh. what I'm saying? Because, because <laughs> Q didn't say sacred honor and Trump did later, like totally like unmatched that therefore those things, therefore it's the same thing. Listen, I was an expert <laughs> at my high school math class. This all yeah. adds up. How many yes. more coincidences do we need before mathematics? Uh, exactly. Uh, oh, here's another example. I, I have one down here. So, uh, uh, is, I don't know, you, go ahead and describe this one as well. Well, this one just looks like, uh, is it, is it always eight chan? I mean, that looks like four chan. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Q started on four chan, but then he quickly moved to eight chan. So oh. most of these are going to be eight chan. Okay. And then on the left and then on the right, there's a tweet from Trump where he's saying, so true. Thank you. As, uh, and he's quote tweeting somebody. Right. Uh, so, so in the, on the right, they have a post from Q that says, uh, he says just the tip, which says, uh, Gannett is also located in McLean, Virginia. Coincidence? Question mark. Just the tip question uh, Q. And, um, then Trump two days later posts a picture of a, um, it looks like a meme that has an iceberg in it. Uh, so therefore when Q says just the tip, he's clearly talking about icebergs and Trump is posting about icebergs. Therefore, uh, Q is with Trump. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Trump is with Q. Right, right. So a lot of these are the same thing where like, where it's coincidences, it's, it's Q posts something and then Trump posts something. There's a, there's an example of one where Q uh, says wonderful people. That's the, the entire post is just him saying wonderful people in all caps Q. And then uh, a few minutes later, I think uh, Trump posts a tweet that's talking about the Saudi Arabia family. He met with them and he called them quote, wonderful people. So like, 
Q says wonderful people in this post and a couple minutes later Trump says wonderful people in another post clearly they must be working together for this to work out except that Q did not say Trump is going to tweet wonderful people about the Saudi Arabian family he just says wonderful people and two minutes before that he posted something else Q posts all the time he's posted 3,000 times since he first started and Trump uh, like as you know because uh, like uh, late 2017 I think um, Trump uh, yeah, it was, some people claim it was in response to the Charlottesville um, uh, uh, Unite the Right rally, actually. Um, Trump says, uh, you know, Trump posts all the time. He's always tweeting. He's always tweeting all the time. So the idea that, like, Q will post something about Trump and Trump will tweet something is not proof of anything because one <laughs> because they're both posting all the time you can line them up however you want and actually there's there's an entire like group of QAnon believers who will do this they're like they do this thing they invented this thing called the QAnon clock where um it, it's i've looked at it for a few minutes it's absolutely mind-boggling basically they've taken all the different they made a huge calendar mapped out all of q's posts told, said where they were and then tried to retroactively predict events using Q's, q's post and they said like specifically don't try to predict the future because it's too difficult because our system is so convoluted and dumb like it's just like uh, oh, okay. instead of okay, trying so. to predict the future prove the past prove the past what we already have that's actually very close to a q drop there's one that says a uh, past proves or past proves future i think anyway so this is one that i wanted to outline for you this is one they talked about on the q and anonymous podcast um so can you so describe it looks like this a, one for me? Looks like a picture a bunch of different presidents we've got clinton we've got bush obama trump and they're all holding up uh what look to be football and baseball and basketball jerseys yes can you tell me what the numbers are on, on these jerseys well we've got 42 40, with, clinton. Uh, with clinton 43 yep. with bush 44th obama and 17 with trump two 17s right. And, and Q is the 17th letter of the alphabet. Oh so God. therefore, Trump, Q is with Trump. So um, all you have to do to debunk this one is Google Trump jersey or literally any president jersey. And you will find what's going on here. Here's one with Trump. Here's a picture of Trump holding a 45 jersey. Here's Trump holding an 18 jersey. You got Obama holding a 13, Obama holding a 15. The 17 references 2017, the, the year that Trump was in office. Right. And you can see that if you look at any other pictures. Right? It's this the is year that those guys won that championship. Yeah. Yes. It's the year that they won the championship. So they gave you the jersey of that year. Right. And some of them, and you can find tons of evidence, tons of different pictures of Trump holding of jerseys, say 45, Trump holding of jerseys that aren't 17. There's nothing special about 17 beyond that your confirmation bias, basically. So, as you can see, there's a lot of evidence <laughs> that we're working with here. <laughs> anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move on slightly to the like a conspiracy theory psychology. Do, so do you watching, want me to keep showing your presented screen, or go back to you? No, I, I, come back to me. So watching QAnon form, it's kind of like watching a religion being birthed. I think I can unshare un my screen. Um. In many ways, believing in conspiracies is like being religious. The, the difference is that this is a, this is brand new and it's spiraling out of control very quickly. The goal with pretty much any mainstream conspiracy 
is it seeks to simplify an infinitely complex world, which is why I kind of put it under this, this umbrella. In QAnon's case, it's seeking to reconcile the promises that Trump made versus his actual actions. At the heart of the QAnonics conspiracy is the idea that Trump is draining the swamp from the inside in secret, and this is going to change the world forever, right? Uh, Q is one of Q's first posts is about Hillary Clinton, how she's going to jail, how she's going to be indicted. And now that's kind of, that's expanded. So now because it hasn't happened, it must be much bigger than we first thought. So at first it was just a few and like secret people being indicted in the, in the, in secret. Now it's 10,000 sealed indictments that are going to go out like all at once and the entire democratic establishment is going to collapse under itself. Um, and, and deep like, that's state like Democrats. That's right. That's right. The conspiracy places blame not on problems with society. Society is just fine. It places its blame on people specifically the people that are seeking to change society. It is, I don't see it, therefore it does not exist approach to the world. This is a comment from the uh, subreddit r slash QAnon casualties, which is a support group for people who have, are trying to leave the movement, who have left the movement or have family members who are in it that are seeking help. Um, and, and I got this from a comment that I thought was really good. It's a form of magical thought. Talking about police brutality wills police brutality into existence. A disruption of the status quo is seen as a disruption of the natural order. The problem they see is that no one has made those people shut up. This is what they want. Someone to come in and make those people shut up and go away. To put things back where they belong. Now, this is not a philosophy unique to QAnon. It's the likelihood of all reactionary, lifeblood of all reactionary movements. End quote. So this, this comment goes on to compare QAnon to fascism more broadly, which like, uh, yeah, I think you could make that argument pretty well, actually, because again, QAnon is looking for the ultimate authority to come solve all of their problems. They're, they want some, they want daddy to come down and say, everyone go to your room, everyone go to your corners, we're going to sort this out, right? They, and, and, and from this lens, it makes sense. QAnon's beliefs are to many inscrutable, impossible, and sometimes hilarious, but they all point to this very simple idea. It is that white, it's white hats against black hats, good versus evil, and good has a secret plan that is perfect and definitely gonna work. Don't you worry your pretty little head about it. The thing that is so interesting about this and the thing that we should, should really scare you is that this is normal. Conspiracy theories have likely been around for as long as there's been civilization. The only difference between you and me and a normal person and a QAnon is that they found something that pushed their buttons in just the right way at just the right time and they have now slipped down the rabbit hole into something truly dark and completely at odds with reality you are just as susceptible to something like this you just haven't come across it yet and QAnons are not crazy there's nothing wrong with them they're not sick in the head they're not crazy people they are ordinary people who have, are being scammed they need help and support, not ridicule. There's this really good New York Times video um, that talks about how important it is that we don't seek to humiliate people because they have a belief that is wrong. For many people, an open dialogue and an open mind will be enough to lead them out of it. But not everyone. But but not everyone. But those are that those are just that are just starting to get into this and starting to understand uh, they're they're still vulnerable and can probably be coaxed back. You need to act with empathy and compassion. Distancing yourself from them will only send them to Q and the QAnons for support. And they will find it there alongside a reality that just doesn't make sense with ours. And that's what's at stake here. QAnon is not inherently violent. I think it has two murders under its belt um, and it has caused a lot of disruption, but its real toll is the families that it's ripped apart and the energy it takes to maintain an entirely fictional world that runs counter to the one most people live in.
And by letting this fester, by ignoring it and hoping it resolves itself, we only divide our, we're only dividing ourselves deeper and making it more difficult for us to work together in the future. We already have trouble discussing so much because we're dealing with completely different sets of data, but at least we can agree who the president is and whether this global pandemic is a real problem or not. As time goes on, our realities will branch further and further from each other until it's just, until, you know, down is up and good is bad. So like that's like, that's the thing that's what was so untenable about this is that as more and more dramatic things happen you know joe biden when the election is an example you know for some people that's a breaking point they say q was bullshit the whole time i'm being scammed they wake up and leave and say i don't want to be a part of this anymore for some people they it is a solidification they say oh my gosh this goes deeper than i thought you know this is all part of the plan we have to trust the plan like, and what that means is like, they think that at any moment, you know, there's going to be some sort of upturning. There's going to be some sort of, the rug is going to be pulled out from Joe Biden and the real truth is going to be out there. And so for as long as they're willing to hold their breath, they're living in a different a world where Joe Biden isn't the president, you know, and, yeah. and from that stems all of these other things, right? Because he's not the president, he can't make a decision that does blank or blank, right? And therefore can't do this. Therefore that's not real. Right. It just and they're willing to make that make that jump because they're already jumping to all these different conclusions already. You know, they're already taking whatever they can think of, any kind of imaginative thing and, and running with it. They're not basing this on any sort of like evidence or waiting for things to catch up to them. They're just they just want to take what they think is right and move forward with that. My mom, anyway. my mom sent me this uh, podcast called "Into the Abyssket," mm. uh, and they were talking about QAnon people on there, and they were saying like two QAnon followers die and they get to the pearly gates in heaven, and they mm -hmm. finally get to talk to God, and they ask him, "So God, who was who really was behind the fraud in the 2020 election?" And God tells them there wasn't any fraud; like Joe <gasps> Biden won. And then one leans the other one. He goes, wow, this conspiracy goes even up higher than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly it. That's the thing is like when faced with the, when faced with two opposing facts, you know, Trump is our savior and going to save us all from the deep state. Joe Biden won the election, right? Which one's going to lose? It is reality that it has lost over and over again. It is the it is the the facts of the matter that have fallen to the wayside that they have discarded in favor of their own beliefs right and i, I think for other you know faith-based movements this does not happen as often and in fact we've actually seen you know f like things like the catholic church actually change what they like their dogma to reflect other things right the, like geocentrism is a great example of like saying oh actually like we're going to forgive galileo for his transgressions and actually agree with what he said you know maybe it was hundreds of years later but it doesn't matter at this point like you know, we're in a different business here besides telling how the heavens go we tell why the heavens go you know whereas QAnon is still in the stages of no we're still fleshing out the beliefs and like we don't care what we have to strike down in order for that to be true well, I'll yeah. tell you, Joey, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's one of those things where even with the pandemic right now, it's difficult to agree with other people that you feel like you should be able to agree on just a basis of reality on what's true. People are yeah. like, you're not getting together with your entire family for Thanksgiving. What's wrong with you? 
You know, we joked about the war on Thanksgiving earlier, but it really is something where people are looking at someone who's taking measures to avoid the pandemic and saying, they got you, they brainwashed you, and they're controlling you, and you're a fool for this. And uh, it it doesn't, I don't want to have to fight that battle, but it feels like if we don't, then we are on track to end up on multiple realities where we don't necessarily agree on things that are pretty easy to agree on normally. Yeah, and I mean, QAnon is still a pretty small movement, right? But it's got millions of so-called believers, and they're all in different camps and everything. Saying, like, QAnon believes blank is actually kind of misleading because they're they're very decentralized and fractured in many different ways, right? So some of them, like, believe, you know, that GFK Jr. is still alive, and some of them hate those people and think that they're crazy. So, like, it, it, like saying, like... It's not it's not quite as dramatic as like we're going to be living in, in like two separate worlds necessarily, but like the way that we cross over and the the more we let this go on, the further and further apart those two go, and also more and more people seem to tend to go to the other sides. They tend to go toward QAnon because they are they find comfort there. It's simple. It makes sense to them. You know, there's there's a lot of at this point there's so much ev- like evidence, so many things to read, so many things to find out about, and all these new um, news organizations have have like newsmax and like um parlor gab and um uh, vote actually OAN. yeah yeah all of them are pivoting toward QAnon beliefs because they see that as a marketable audience it's the next so, like, grift oh yeah it is it's a grift on many levels already and that's like those are the people that are really dangerous the people that just believe it and are like and drive their families crazy um you know those people need our help but the people that are pushing this toward um like oh like we need to keep this going because this is where the money is those are the people that are really dangerous and the people that we that deserve to be ridiculed you know those are the people that deserve to be uh sought out basically but it's it's not um it's not quite you know it, it's maybe not quite as simple as like we're going to be in two different realities as much as it is like it's gonna be hard harder and harder to say this is what's real and this is what's not real or have those discussions with people because we're dealing with even more poisoned wells, you know? Yeah, definitely. Wow. This yeah. podcast totally took a turn for the, uh, for the conspiratorial. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. No, I mean like that part of the reason why I don't take Q seriously is because you are one of the people in my life who's talked to me the most about it. Um, which basically my conclusion to that was, okay, I don't need to really, yeah, like I'm not going to be convinced by these people, so I'm not going to waste my time. Um, but yeah, and they, I mean, it's, I've, I've seen on its surface, other, like it's just, well, I've seen other yeah. people as well take the position of like I can no longer ignore QAnon because, right. like before, it used to be the risk was if I talk about it, I risk promoting it. Then yes. now it's like if I don't talk about it, I risk being uh, complacent when it's da- it's spreading in a dangerous way. That that's where I'm at too because in a way you're kind of playing with fire by talking about it too much and like i don't want to talk too much about like what they believe and everything because it's just it's just not important and none of it really makes sense it, it, but the there are certain aspects of it that are of course interesting and it's it's just something that we, i feel like people need to be people need to be aware about and and to think about right uh, that's the thing that's that's also interesting is you have to be so conscious about this the 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 brain dead thing to do or the, th- the natural thing to do is just to say you're dumb get out of here you know and you can't do that because all that's going to do is send them toward people that will say you're welcome here 
And that's right, where that's right. what that's how QAnon has become so successful is they've taken in all these other conspiracies and put them in incorporated them into QAnon because there's somebody actively building it and all these other people who are actively building it. And so they can they can figure out how to fit people together and to find spaces for all of these different groups um, that believe all of these crazy things under a single umbrella. And that makes it so much more. Um, dangerous because it has so much more firepower. Uh, but the other thing is too is like Q, like Q himself doesn't call to action at all. He says trust the plan. He says, you know, ju you just have to sit there and watch. You know, enjoy the show. I'm taking care of it, baby. Don't you worry. So uh, that's the other thing that's kind of confusing. He's, he's never like our democracy is at stake here. Donate to this PayPal account in order for you to save democracy. No, that doesn't happen. There are like QAnon grifters and people on YouTube who are QAnon associated who are making money off of this and they are despicable. But Q himself is not doing that. And, and for that reason, it's interesting. But it shows that there is potential there for sure. And if someone else hijacks the Q movement, which it's, it's likely to do, Q has been dark for 17 days so far, uh, which is not his longest... Um, to period of absence at all it just happens to be 17 when we're recording this yesterday was 16 crazy how time works um, <laughs> um it, it like if someone else hijacked the movement like they could be way more dangerous with this and have people actually in the streets doing this but as such the all the QAnon um like conventions and like like you know get togethers and stuff has all been organized by the community not by q himself hmm. well there's anything, any updates? I'm sure you'll let us know in the future. <laughs> oh, yeah. it sounds like you're keeping tabs on them. I, uh, yeah, I've kind of become a little obsessed. So, <laughs> well, Joey, I have one last thing I want to talk about before we try to wrap this thing up. But I was thinking okay. about this earlier, and um, everyone I've asked, like, um, it's weird. Pretty much everybody, I don't know a single person my age who voted for Obama in 2008. Yeah. How old was it's, I in 2008? It's messed up, dude. I can't believe I can't find a single person my age who's <laughs> voted for him. Isn't that screwed up, dude? I don't know. <laughs> How old was I in 2008? Um, Why does that matter? Yeah, I was, Obama's not in It doesn't matter. He can get your vote. <laughs> the real question is, what's Obama's last name? Oh, oh I can't remember. <laughs> okay, if you if you know... Obama's last name. Please let us know. Okay. Um, <laughs> we are always trying to remember. Uh, remember, you, you. Another thing you can remember is to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and whenever you listen to us, make sure you leave us a review. It really does help us grow. Write Obama's last name into a review of <laughs> please our podcast, do. please. Only uh, reviews of Obama's last name, please. Tweet. You can reach us <laughs> on Twitter. You can tweet at us, or you can reach us on Instagram or TikTok, where we have our largest following, um, at Affable Chat on all of those platforms. If you can, please uh, comment on any of our posts, let us know what Obama's last name is. Send us an email at affablechat at email.com at email.com affablechat email. at gmail.com uh, and, and make sure you email us Obama's last name. Please. We also have a YouTube channel. 
which this should be on. We didn't say it at the beginning. I should have said wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. But you're you're watching this on YouTube right now, or or maybe you're listening to it. But it's possible you could watch this on YouTube right now because we That's actually right. recorded. And ourselves. yeah, maybe we'll be doing more of these in the future if we can get yeah. our process down. Um, also, Apple Chat is live on Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash chat. This Tuesday, I will be revealing Obama's last name live what? on the stream. So you're going to want to tune in for that. <laughs> You've been holding on to this? You didn't tell me? <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm going to do research between now and then. Oh, I, okay, I still okay, can't okay. remember. I just know right. that I'll get it before then. Okay. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. For Apple Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.